More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Stormy Bonatoni. No, uh, John Von Tobel filling in for both Stormy and Matt. Her tone's not that. She's got a little bit more of like a regal tone. There's a little bit more bass to her voice, so that was not fair uh, in terms of that impersonation. It was a Matt Brown impersonation. Ha <laughs> ha, got him. Uh, all right, so we've got a lot to get to here the second hour. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. We've got multiple sports to talk about. Uh, Alex, uh, oh, I should ask. I, man, I put myself in a corner here. Do I try to guess the last name or do I just ask Steph? I'm just going to ask Steph. Steph, how do I pronounce Alex's last name? Barutha. Okay, I thought that was going to be it. And Nick Alberga. Uh, both are going to join us. Alex is going to discuss the NBA and, of course, uh, the National Hockey League. Going to be the topic of conversation with Nick before we get to a little bit on uh, the XFL, our XFL guy, Dave Tooley. Uh, make sure you check out the website, vcin.com. We've got a lot of great content up there, and that's going to be up there, including our foray into the extreme football league. Um, I'm joking, by the way. Tooley is going to cover the XFL to a certain extent, but the, he specifically in an email behind the scenes said he didn't want to be called the XFL guy, so I'm calling him that. Uh, we have a lot to get to, though, a lot. So I wanted to hit up this because Steph put this in the rundown, and I actually think this is it's a super intriguing market because – um, it is a market in the NFL, and we're not going to get to it for a while, right? But it's interesting nonetheless that really um, it's pretty weird, right? Like it, you, could, you could deem anybody a comeback player by any sort of parameters. So as we throw this up, like for example, I have no idea why Tua Tungavailoa would be considered the third choice to win comeback player of the year. I get that he had injuries, and maybe the narrative with the concussions is going to be something, but he played – 
like a good chunk of the season, and I don't, I'm not sure if he's exactly a comeback player of the year. A guy like Lamar Jackson would be a better option considering he missed a, a majority of the season and down the stretch was not available for his team. Matthew Stafford, same thing, Cooper Cup, whatever. So as we kind of look at this whole thing, comeback player of the year, there's a lot of names. And are you coming back from injury? Or as we so put it the eloquently behind the scenes, are you coming back from sucking? Because there's a lot of different ways to put it. Having said that, not to be insensitive about the situation, the name at the top sticks out, DeMar Hamlin. Great story. He recovers from that tragic incident on the field. If he, this, is, this is Alex Smith all over again. When Alex Smith got injured, he just had to take one snap the next year. He could have walked onto the field, taken a snap, and walked back off, never playing another down, and he would have won comeback player of the year that year. And that's what happened, right? He went out there, he took a snap, actually played a couple of games, and ultimately won and went off as a massive favorite by the time we got to the end. The same thing happens for DeMar Hamlin. So plus 330, he should be favored. We don't know what his status is going to be as we move into the next year and what his football future is like. But I will say in this market, um, you can very much make the argument DeMar Hamlin a plus 330, just worth betting only because if he gets onto the field for one play, the guy is going to win this award uh, for the media members. Now, having said that, as you look around, I do like the concept of coming back from sucking, especially for a lot of these guys. And the name that does stick out, I will say, because you can find the Denver Broncos at like 40, 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. I think 50 to one is probably the best price out there for them. I think Denver is like, we were talking about in the first hour, the Green Bay Packers, and how intriguing I find that team. I think Denver is the most fascinating AFC team because if that defense even remotely plays at the same level, if it's Rex Ryan, we'll see. But if that defense even remotely produces the like near same like baseline of production that it had last season and Russell Wilson is better under Sean Payton, which I think we can all assume he's going to be, Russell Wilson at 15 to 1, the Broncos at 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, they're going to be a really interesting squad. So we don't want to spend a ton of time on this. We have a year until this thing cashes. But I, this was in the rundown, and I thought it was really interesting because you do have that Alex Smith like angle when it comes to DeMar Hamlin winning this thing. And I actually kind of like this Broncos team. I think they're really interesting. And I think that there's going to be something to, uh, if you're talking about long shots in terms of winning this deal, uh, that is going to be something that is very much worth focusing on uh, as we kind of move into the NFL year. By the way, should also note, uh, because we're talking about the National Football League, so we're in draft season, right? And we're starting to get closer and closer. And Combine's coming up in a few days. Um, just under, what, two weeks right now, I think, from the NFL Combine, somewhere in that range. I just want to note that the noise is starting to grow that the Indianapolis Colts are maybe trading up for the first overall pick from the Chicago Bears and that that would be the option for Indianapolis um, to, of course, go ahead and draft one Bryce Young. So that is very much worth noting. Indianapolis, of course, a refresher. I think everybody knows at this point, the fourth overall selection. So Chicago would be able to move down to four and still get their pick of, you know, one of two great defensive players. The assumption would be that maybe Arizona snatches one of them up, but Houston's going quarterback. Top two picks are probably quarterbacks. So Chicago could theoretically move to four, get their pick of a defensive option. And I don't think they're trading away Justin Fields. So who knows if that's going to be the case. Fields, who, by the way, you see the other day, made Chicago Bears fans mad because he said that he wanted the dome or something like that, wanted to play indoors in Chicago. Uh, you can't do that. Just give him better grass. Maybe that'll help a little bit. But Indianapolis moving up to four. There's more and more traction behind this. There's more noise or moving up from four, I should say, moving up to number one. And I also wanted to note this because I was reading a bunch of stuff and as we get into draft season and we get to the combines and everything in pro days, we're going to hear more and more about Bryce Young being short. 
right? He's going to check in at probably like 5'11 or something like that. Some have posited that maybe he's going to be like 5'10. Um, he'll probably check in at like 5'11 or so, maybe 5'11 and three quarters. He's a tiny dude. But if you evaluate him in terms of like as a quarterback, almost every single person that you read in terms of draft analysis has him as the guy. But I'm saying this because if you want to lay a buck 30 with Bryce Young now, you're more than welcome to, obviously, because it's open. But I am willing to bet, I don't know where this phrase comes from, but I'll use it. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that Bryce Young, Stormy Bonatoni's best friend, apparently. I did not know this. Um, that's a real, I was going to say, that's a real picture. I know that's a real picture. I actually saw that on Instagram. Did you, do I bring this point up? So Stormy, I got a bone to pick with Stormy, actually. I just want to say that while Stormy has done a brilliant job in building her career, okay, and I think you were, in, you were here when I was showing her. We used to watch her on the Mountain West Network back in the day as somebody who used to cover the Mountain West, old, you know, grainies, a brooder film of Stormy covering, like, you know, New Mexico women's track meets. There's videos out there, okay? Stormy, is, she's been grinding. It's been a while. She used to do cornhole. Yeah, like she did everything. Like for those who don't, like look up Stormy Bonatoni Mountain West Network. There's a lot. I'm sure she loves that. I'm going to throw that out there. But yeah, look it up. There's a lot of videos. Um, but I followed her on Instagram, but she's so popular that she didn't follow me back. I think I'm going to unfollow her because I saw that picture and I was going to like it. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I should. I get it. You're, fa you're famous. You're popular. But you know what? Maybe for some of us peons, you could realize that, you know, we're coworkers. Let's follow us back. But anyway, uh, the whole point here was that uh, I am willing to bet dollars to donuts that this price is going to start to drop at Bryce Young because, you know, there's going to be that report that he's checking in at like 510 and that teams are getting turned off by the size. Because this is why I love draft season the most, right? It's teams are going to get turned off by the size of Bryce Young. Like it just came out of nowhere. Like they had no idea that this dude was going to check in at under six feet tall. Like, oh, my God, I had no idea watching him play, you know, football, being surrounded by these giant folks that he was actually going to check in at 5'11". So there's a shot that the price gets a little bit cheaper on Young and that maybe there's going to be some momentum behind this with C.J. Stroud. But we get this all the time. I'll go back to the day of the draft when it's Justin Herbert and Tua Tungavailoa. And, like, the day before, what did the reports say? That all of a sudden the Miami Dolphins were in love with Justin Herbert and that they were going to draft him. And what happened? They drafted Tua Tungavailoa, and they did not draft Justin Herbert. So I am willing to bet. You got plenty of time. Minus 130 now. It might drop a little bit because there's going to be a lot of noise. And specifically, I, I'm willing to say as well, there's going to be a lot of noise around Will Levis to be the first overall pick for the Indianapolis Colts as opposed to Bryce Young. So that is something that is uh, definitely worth tracking because if it gets to, like, even money or something with Bryce Young – uh, consider your boy in, and I will be betting Bryce Young to be the first overall pick. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it doesn't at all. Uh, really quick update before we move on to uh, the next topic here, because we do have a couple of more news notes to get to. I mentioned this with Matt, but for those who are interested over in golf at the Genesis, uh, it does look like Tiger at one over is going to miss the cut over at the Genesis Invitational. So for those golf fans that are still keeping track of the action that's out there at, uh, at Riviera, Mitchell is uh, still the leader at nine under, Max Homa at eight under, along with Colin Morikawa, but it does look like uh, one Tiger Woods is going to be missing the cut here. Breaking news, and this has to do with one of the topics we were going to go back to. Um, Adam Schefter reporting just moments ago, Washington has offered its offensive coordinator job to Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, and is hoping to finalize the deal by Saturday. So Bieniemy had been making multiple visits uh, to the commanders throughout the week. I think that he was on his second visit. By the way, it was also reported that uh, 
he was back at the facility today in, quote, more casual wear. So, obviously, insinuating that maybe it wasn't uh, as a, you know, like he got the job. So, it does sound like the enemy is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Another intriguing team. But this is also, obviously, a really interesting hire because if you read a lot of what happened during the Super Bowl, the enemy got a lot of credit in terms of some of the play calls, including some of those touchdown calls and uh, even the little sneaky things, right, of sliding for the first down after you get it before going into the end zone. But the enemy, it does look like, is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Another team who could potentially be in the next four, Derek Carr, who's going to make his visit this weekend to the New York Jets. But I look, you never know really the dynamic between guys like the enemy and Andy Reid because Andy Reid is so intrinsically tied to his play calling and his offense. But the enemy has been learning under Andy Reid for a while. And that should be a better looking offense for the Washington Commanders at the very least. Commanders, by the way, plus 750 to land Derek Carr in this sweepstakes if should he choose them. Be an interesting fit, too, because that's another team that's actually got quite a few pieces, including defensively, a team that could be really great in all that needs is a steady hand at quarterback. But Eric Bieniemy is, it looks like, going to be hired as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. And maybe the next step, head coach. But we will see if that's going to be the case. So uh, let's see. Also being reported that commanders had interviewed uh, Anthony Lynn for the same position, but it does look like they are finalizing the deal for him to be their new offense coordinator and that he had been Ron Rivera's first choice all along, of course. All right, we'll take our break here. On the other side, let's get into the NBA. We'll talk about some big picture stuff uh, with Alex Barutha is going to be with us because there's a couple of futures that I want to throw at him. Like, I think the Warriors at plus 850 to win the Western Conference is kind of nuts. I think that's definitely worth diving into if you haven't already. And in the Eastern Conference, a team that was pushed to the side in the pecking order for the NBA Finals just because the Phoenix Suns got Kevin Durant. We'll tell you who that is when we return. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe today. Sign up for only $9.99, VSIN.com slash subscribe. I'm being, uh, I'm being accused of stalking Stormy because I made the Mountain West video references. I used to cover the Mountain West. I used to watch the Mount West Network. I used to watch her all the time. So uh, call it what you will. We used to cover the same conference. All right. Sorry, I was texting somebody back. I shouldn't do that. Unprofessional. Let's talk about the NBA a little bit more to get some uh, different opinions on this. Uh, Alex Baruth is nice enough to give us some time here today, get his thoughts on what we're going to see. Alex, appreciate it. Thank you very much. The first time I got to talk to you, so I love picking the brains of uh, new folks that I haven't had the conversations with. So I wanted to open up with the tease that I had made coming into this, which was a team that kind of got pushed to the side because the uh, Phoenix Suns went and got Kevin Durant. Tell me why the Milwaukee Bucks aren't the second best team in the NBA right now. Because I, I feel like the market, rightfully so, got very excited about the Phoenix Suns and getting Kevin Durant. I still rate them full strength better than the Phoenix Suns. Why wouldn't? Why aren't the Bucks the second choice still on the board? I think some of that has to do with how strong the East is. I mean, obviously Boston went to the finals last year. They 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 look as good as ever. Um, you know, I, I'm someone who's a believer 
in uh, Philly, and I think the Cavaliers are also pretty legit. Um, and maybe there is some concern still about Chris Middleton's knee injury. You know, Mike Boonholzer said the other day that Middleton sitting out in this final game before the All-Star break that they just played against the Bulls, was that was not rest. His knee hurt, and he, he had to sit out. And it doesn't sound like they know exactly what's going on, so I think there's some concern uh, with that going on as well. But I, I you know, I, I get what you're saying, and I agree. It's like Giannis, in any given series, is, uh, is probably still the best player. Um, and so, yeah, the Bucks, and they have tons of playoff experience as well, right? Been mm-hmm. to the finals before, won the finals. So, yeah, I think if you're, ta- if you're talking begging markets, I can't blame anyone for putting money down on the Bucks. The other team that I, I keep coming back to when it comes to all of this right now, everything that's been pushed around because Phoenix is the second choice on the board, um, Golden State. And I, I like to look at teams that have been slipping because of lack of availability of stars as opposed to poor play. And the Warriors have been playing somewhat poorly. But if you go to some of these lineup numbers, their starting lineup with Kevon Looney out there, not Jordan Poole, it's still arguably the best starting lineup of any of these teams that are going to be competing for a championship. A net rating that's in the 20s with Steph Curry and the rest of those guys out there. So that's like kind of the similar question. Like when you look at the West, why would I not still believe in the Warriors? And especially now that this price has pushed them all the way out to like plus 850 to win the Western Conference. You, you mentioned it with that starting lineup number. I was about to reference that yeah. before you did. Yeah, I mean, their, their starting lineup is still as good as ever. I mean, they're, the, the road numbers are concerning, especially their defense on the road. It's hard to tell exactly what that's about uh, because the, the difference is so stark. And there's almost no precedent for a team winning the title or getting to the NBA Finals with such a stark difference between their, their home play and their, and their away play. Obviously, there was the, the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole stuff at the beginning of the year, which I guess could still be seeping in. Their bench is pretty bad. I mean, they grabbed Gary Payton from the, the Trailblazers. I mean, that helps. There's continuity there. I actually like DiVincenzo a lot. Kaminga's look better, right? Um, they, they dump Wiseman. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's it's solid value. It's just at some point you're, you're going up against the Phoenix Suns or the Denver Nuggets, depending on who you feel like should be the favorite there. Um, and I just, I think we all just want to see a little bit more from the warriors, which I think is why the number is where it is, where it is. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. I I can't, you mentioned it. I can't get past that starting lineup and how productive it still is um, when they're going to play and in the playoffs where those rotations are going to tighten up and that lineup's going to see a lot more time on the floor. All right. So let's go to some of the big narratives that have uh, been starting, um, as we head into the all-star break first is uh, MVP. So we get Tim Bontem straw poll the other day. That is a market shaping piece of journalism because that thing will uh, take everything we've seen and it will shape the market. And now, but what I thought was interesting, and I brought this point up uh, on our NBA podcast, Alex, which was the market reacts, right? And Jan, uh, Nikola Jokic becomes a minus $2.50 favorite to win the MVP. But what I thought was interesting was the market did not react to the rest of the poll in that Giannis was the second choice, although three we'll call them voters, uh, left him off the ballot entirely, which is kind of weird. But Giannis was the second choice, 11 first-place votes, 552 points, and yet he's still, percentage-wise, well behind Joel Embiid in the MVP market. Everybody's always asking, like, what do you do in terms of MVP? How do you bet it? I mean, the chances that Giannis are going to win this thing, maybe they're minimal, but I still think they're better than Embiid's, but the market has yet to really adjust to it. I agree. I I think they're better than Embiid's. Uh, He has a better chance than Embiid as well. I mean, Giannis, I think the Bucs are 11 straight wins since he came back from an injury. Um, you know, and they're a team as well. Like, a lot of these teams that have won titles before or gone on long playoff runs, they start off a little slow. They have to conserve energy. They've played so many more games than these other teams cumulatively across the past few years. 
the Bucks are really starting to ramp it up again. And like I mentioned before, if Middleton is going to continue to be in and out of the lineup, you know, Bobby Portis has been missing as well. Giannis is, is going to have to continue this absurd usage rate. And obviously he's a, he's a two-way player as well. He gets it done um, on defense. And I think voters, you know, historically voters are, they don't want to give a guy that third MVP. They don't want to feel like they're anointing someone too early because that list of guys with three MVPs is so exclusive. And I think Jokic is, is you know, put himself in that class just from a, a statistical standpoint but Giannis has two already, and he has that finals MVP where he had one of the best finals performances of all time in that closeout game. So I think when it comes down to voters, if they're going to decide between the two, there is a chance, especially if the Bucs make a run here and finish number one in the East, that voters just feel way more confident giving Giannis that third MVP compared to Jokic. All right, let's go and stick in the Western Conference. What were your thoughts on Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, the pairing, and what could potentially be? Yeah, I mean, I... I understand why the Mavericks made the decision to do that. They were, they were, they sort of had their hands tied as far as the roster moves they were able to make. And obviously if you're putting yourself in a position where Kyrie Irving is your second best player, you have a legitimate shot of making noise in the playoffs. Now, Christian Wood being their third best player. I don't necessarily love. He's not proven at all in the playoffs. He's up and down in terms of his role in the lineup. Um, not a defender. So, I think they're still too thin around the margins to make a legitimate NBA finals run. But if they were in the Western conference finals, that's not hard to believe at all. Given that what we've seen already out of Luka Doncic in the playoffs, he's put together some absurd series, especially last year against the Suns, where he was just, uh, he was on a different planet. Yeah. I keep putting it this way. You could convince me like they could win any, any one series, match them up with anybody. I would not be surprised that they could win it. But winning three, winning four series, that's where I think you have the real question marks about them. And we haven't mentioned, like, defensively, like, the numbers with Luka and Kyrie on the floor. It's only been two games. Offensively, it's been great. Defensively, it has not been. It's just been masked by the fact that they just are incredible on offense. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, they're, they're going to be in, in shootouts with a ton of other teams, right? And they're, like, they have defenders. They have 3 and D guys. They got Reggie Bullock and Josh Green has looked good, but those guys are not who you want to necessarily be relying on as your fourth and fifth guys. And, and again, like you mentioned, like three mm -hmm. playoff series. So one of the things that we were talking about in the first hour, because we brought up a report from uh, Colin Cowherd that Anthony Davis was maybe on the outs with LeBron James and that uh, in a year's time or two years time, when he has this option that maybe the Dallas Mavericks are, are something to look at. But I focused on this year in that I still think that if you like enough of what you saw from the Lakers at the trade deadline, they could potentially be a playoff team this year. I don't know about Western Conference, but playoff team. Uh, what do you make of their chances to make it through a West play-in that could be pretty loaded if things continue the way that they are and at least making it to the top eight? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like what they did. I think if they had this roster at the beginning of the season, they would definitively be a playoff team. Now, some of that obviously depends on the health of LeBron and AD and whatnot, but, you know, the D'Angelo Russell upgrade from Russell Westbrook is uh, it's a ridiculous upgrade considering I think Westbrook was generally a damaging player. Uh, D'Lo's connection with Anthony Davis in that first game that they all played together against the Pelicans looked excellent. That will be huge for them and unlocking more from AD. And yeah, you know, they get Malik Beasley, excellent three-point shooter. Like they just shored up so many aspects of their roster that were lacking. Three-point shooting, consistent point guard play, and just having legitimate NBA rotation players playing minutes for them instead of guys like Troy Brown or Wenyan Gabriel or, or guys like that. So I think they can make noise. 
All right, Alex, last 60. You got a three-point contest winner for us. I like Lori Marketing. It's his home floor. It's in Utah. He's plus 650. You know, no one in this contest is uh, is like a, an elite three-point shooter, like top, top, top of the league. I mean, Buggy Heald is, is really good, but... Yeah, plus 650, the value on his home floor. I think he'll come out and he'll really be trying to win it. Yeah, we were going through some of the numbers uh, for him as a shooter. I was really surprised. I did not realize he was shooting as well from the corners as he was, about 55% for marketing and on his home floor. At that price, uh, pretty much worth it there. Uh, again, Alex Brutha, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much, uh, and it was awesome talking to you. Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, Alex underscore NB Arutha, chief NBA editor over there at Rotowire. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll switch over to the National Hockey League. I can't wait. Uh, Nick Alberg is going to be with us. Uh, as somebody who hasn't really been plugged into the National Hockey League, we'll talk some big picture stuff with Nick and also uh, maybe, just maybe, there's some value in some future boards that we can pick at with Nick when we return. VSIN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sports fans, as the football season ends, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for basketball and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Saturday hockey same game parlay, bet and get. Hey, that's tomorrow. Weekly pro basketball bet and get and more. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. All right, let's welcome in Nick Alberga, who's nice enough to give us some time here today. Host leaves Morning Take, National Network, and writer uh, for a lot of spots. You have a lot in your bio, dude, so I don't know if I can rattle them all off, but NHL Fantasy on Ice Podcast 2 is there. Uh, all right, so I have a lot of stuff that I want to get to with you. I'm going to go with the serious topic first. We're doing like a little dill on the salmon, maybe some like ground mustard. How are we seasoning this? Thing? Paprika, my dude. No, okay. thank you for having me. I was telling you guys uh, off the air that I'm making some salmon. I turned off my oven. We're good. The sweet potato fries are good to go. A little paprika goes a long way. I'm telling you. Okay. I'm going to try it next time. The other thing that I was going to throw out there, I saw you retweet this, uh, Jonathan Huberdo. Uh, needing to address the media. I don't know. That's kind of surprising. Does Alan Walsh tweet things like that? Does he have a Does he have a history of doing stuff like that and putting his clients maybe in awkward positions? You guys have never seen that in Vegas, right? It <laughs> happened with Marc Andre Fleury a couple of years ago, as you know, with the whole sword. And I, I think that was done by a, a ninth grader. Uh, but this time, he didn't use any clip art or anything, no memes or anything. Just went straight to the source. But yeah, this, this is a direct shot at Daryl Sutter. So I would look out for that situation. And I. I'll be honest, I've lost quite a bit of money on Calgary this season. Yeah. All right, let's go to some of the important stuff. We'll go big picture a little bit later, but when I hit some of these games that I know uh, that you've yeah. got some angles on and maybe some prop plays as well. So let's go Rangers and Oilers first off. I know you got a prop play, so walk us through the prop play here and also a little bit of the line move because we've seen this total get bet up from 6.5 to 7 across the board in a 5-cent bump in favor of Edmonton. Yeah, I won't lie. The seven is scaring me away a bit at six and a half. I'm probably looking at that. The Rangers have been scoring plenty of goals in three straight games, acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues. They've won six in a row. Having said that, I wonder if I'm siding with the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They're coming off a loss to Detroit. I know the Red Wings have been hot, but that's probably where I'd lean. I think if you're looking for a side in terms of the prop play, um, Artemi Panarin has been red hot. Um, a couple hat tricks in the last week. He's been on fire, rejuvenated. His buddy Vladimir Tarasenko is now in the mix coming from St. Louis. So he's feeling good about life. So at the very least, I think from the Rangers side, I look at that shot prop for 
uh, Panarin over two and a half. But I do like Edmonton as a side in that game. All right. Next up, Blackhawks and Senators. Uh, I know there's a puck line play for you here and then another yeah. uh, prop play as well. To give our audience uh, at least uh, where we've been at uh, for this one, we're looking at, I think we got a minus 260 price tag up for minus 235. Uh, and a total has been pretty much where it's at six and a half shaded to uh, the over or the under, depending on where you shop. Yeah, I could tell you Chicago has no interest anymore in winning hockey games. Uh, we all know what they want, and that's the first overall pick. I watched their game against the Leafs the other night. It was a glorified scrimmage. I don't think one hit was thrown, and Chicago looked very, very disinterested. Not to mention Showtime Patrick Kane could be on the move in the next couple weeks. So I'm fading Chicago for the rest of the year. I like Ottawa to take care of business for a variety of reasons over a goal and a half. And among them is Alex Dabrinkit. I do love the revenge angle when betting on hockey. He's a former Chicago Blackhawk. I still don't understand why they traded him, but here we are. And I think I would look at an anytime goal. If you want to take Ottawa, obviously by the puck line or maybe in regulation, there's absolutely no value in the money line. But I think Ottawa's going to smoke them. So real quick, because I'm our NBA writer here at VSIN, so obviously yep. I, I see a lot of tanking uh, when it comes to some of these teams. <laughs> so if Chicago, first off, it sounds like what that they're going to be one of these teams. Is there something at the top of the NHL draft next year that is uh, worth tanking for? Yes, his name is Connor Bedard, um, similar to your boy Victor Webanyama. I yeah. hope I pronounced that right, but he's projected to go first overall, and he's looked at as the next phenom. Ditto for the NHL story. Connor Bedard is slated to potentially be the next Connor McDavid, the next Crosby, the next Ovechkin. So, and we saw him really come out at the World Junior a couple months ago. He was just tremendous for Team Canada. So that's why teams are starting to position themselves. Having said that, the structure, as you know, is a bit different in the NHL, where even if you finish last. I think you get about a 25% shot. I'm not great in numbers. I know my last name's Alberga, close to algebra, but I still like the 75% over the 25%. So that's why teams don't tank primarily in this league. Yeah. And as we kind of move forward with Chicago, you think the market's going to start pricing these uh, puck lines pretty expensively against them? Is it pretty obvious what they're doing? Oh, dude, they they just horrendous. Like, they played the other night against Montreal, so it was a back-to-back -back Tuesday in Montreal. They lost 4 nothing. The Habs are missing half the roster, and they still won 4 nothing in that game. And then they played Toronto, got ran out of the building. I, I think pretty much that's what you're going to see down the stretch, especially in a couple weeks once the trade deadline comes on March 3rd. Patrick Kane, as mentioned, the legend, future Hall of Famer, could be out the door. Ditto for the captain, Jonathan Taves. So it's, it's going to be a tough end of the season for Chicago. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh and uh, New York Islanders. Uh, this is pretty tight split in terms of money line. You get some minus 115s out there. You got a minus 107 yeah. over at Circa. Total's been bet down from six under minus 120 to five and a half. Slightly shaded to the over. Tight enough that we're going to get an extra period of play. I'm playing to the draw, and that is a strategy this time year when we get closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And again, you have two teams fighting for their playoff lives in the Eastern Conference. I wonder if they try to settle it in overtime. Obviously, this is not soccer. You don't have a handshake agreement before the game. But I think if there's a side I would look at, maybe it's the New York Islanders uh, because they're the home squad in this game. Having said that, they've just been dreadful the last little while, losing to inferior opponents. So it's not just other teams. It's happening to a lot of good teams around this league, but a big two points on the line in that game, and I would not be shocked at all if it gets to OT. So I'd probably play that uh, because, as you see, it's pretty much a pick em. All right, across the board for this Kings-Ducks game, uh, we're seeing prices of about minus 250. Uh, but one-shop Cirque has actually got as low as minus 234. And uh, given yeah. where I think you're going here, cheap price uh, to lay there at minus 234? 
Yeah, the Ducks are another team. Like, I, I talked about Connor Bedard. Like, this is the first real prospect maybe since, like, Austin Matthews. Uh, so I think teams want to position themselves as best they could. Having said that, I mean, you look at Arizona. Look at all the money we've made on the on the Coyotes winning this year. Like, it's been crazy. Uh, they made the most money for betters, by the way, especially on home ice throughout this season. So keep hammering those yotes, and maybe they're doing it right. But Anaheim is positioning themselves to be a seller dweller. They're going to be in the sweepstakes, and I would fade them a lot down the stretch and conversely it's a big game against a rival i think la is going to rise up they've been pretty good as of late they've been uh front and center on the trade front as well so i like los angeles against anaheim and that one and probably the puck line's the best route so somebody who hasn't really been able to follow the league a, a bunch uh, given yeah. what you know my main gig is uh from it, one of the things that i've been tracking the nba has been pretty fascinating over the last couple of years have been home court right last year wasn't really worth that much this year worth a whole lot more uh, is home ice very important? Because, you know, for me, on the surface, looking at minus 260 on the road uh, in a matchup like this, it seems expensive, but does home ice really mean much in the National Hockey League? Not really. I'll be honest. Like, yeah. as somebody, again, who covers the Toronto Maple Leafs, we saw this last year, Game 7, home ice against Tampa. Tampa wins that game, especially in the playoffs. Like, I, I just write it off. And I think if you can find that value, especially with a team that you think is really, really good and you believe in to win on the road, I would take it all day. All right, so everybody uses the V word, value. Uh, let's go mm -hmm. with these conferences and big picture Stanley Cup finals. Uh, is there anything left in these futures boards? Or is there a team like I like to look for teams that are underperforming because lack of avail availability of stars as opposed to just poor play? Is there a team that is maybe on the rise here playing a little bit better that maybe the market hasn't compensated for? There's a value play to grab here in either either conference or Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, it's too bad. The Rangers have jumped even since last week after the Tarasenko deal. Maybe it's a six-game win streak. I, I I do think there's some value there because they got Shesterkin, they got Fox, they got Tarasenko in the mix. So certainly the New York Rangers at plus 700, even to an extent the New Jersey Devils at plus 900. To be quite honest about it, I think I'd probably look at the Western Conference. Like, I think you look at that board. There's no value in Boston, clearly. Carolina, certainly not in Toronto. They haven't won since 1967. Sneakily, I like Tampa. I know they're fourth on your board, but everybody's sleeping on the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I would look at the Western Conference. Uh, the Dallas Stars, I think there's a lot of value at plus 600. Um, looking down... Uh, even like a team like the Edmonton Toilers at uh, plus 500. I think we've been waiting since 1993 for a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. But again, I, I think that's probably where the value is, at least from my perspective. Edmonton, the New York Rangers really, really stick out and the Dallas Stars. All right. I forgot one game, so we'll get you out of here on this one. Dallas, sure. Minnesota. Uh, we have seen a little bit of a flip of a favorite. We saw a buck 15 in favor of Minnesota. Uh, Dallas now the slight favorite at like minus 115, minus 108. Is the market getting this right and pushing this toward Dallas? I think so. I'll be honest. I'm staying away from this game, but the wild have been dreadful lately. I'm telling you the last couple of weeks, they're down a slippery slope. I think you talk about teams who need to make a move between now and the March 3rd trade deadline. It's the Minnesota wild. So I think that's why the money's going towards the Dallas stars. And number two, they have Jake Ottinger, one of the best goaltenders on the planet. Dallas has been an incredible story under Pete DeBoer throughout this season. So I saw that earlier. I thought I saw Minnesota favored. Now it's swinging toward Dallas. And I think that's the right call. All right, Nick, uh, we appreciate a couple of minutes today. I follow you up on Twitter. You do a great job, so it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Nick Alberga again up on Twitter. All right, well, uh, like I said, I, I actually – I really enjoy hockey, like the sport itself. I wish I could watch it a little bit more, but given the conflict, that's why I actually – I love the cliche of the NHL postseason because I am all in, especially on the alternating days where I get to take in NBA and then as the season goes along, uh, NHL and some of those other days, I enjoy hockey quite a bit. I wish I was into it a little bit more, um, and I mean that with my whole heart. All right, we'll come back. Speaking of sports, actually, okay, I'm not going to lie. I do not really wish to get into this. Uh, the XFL, of course, is on the way. Um, another spring football league, and 
we can we uh, there's point spreads and totals that you can bet on in futures boards but we do have somebody here i keep jesting that uh, dave tooley is our xfl guy well our xfl gal who's literally going to be on the sidelines story about tony uh did a great job with the breakdown so we'll hear from her as you discuss everything in terms of the xfl and we do have lines for those week one contests so we'll give you those some really low totals on the board just given the rules that we know about the league but we'll have all of that more when we close it out here on vsin If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. We know how much you love Stormy and Matt, so let's hear from the dynamic duo, the power twins, if you will. Uh, XFL on the way. We get sides. We get totals up. Uh, let's hear from both Stormy and Matt as they run through the rules here. You'll hear Matt at the beginning of this talk about those games, but a really good breakdown of the rules of what we're going to expect here in the XFL. The Vipers and Renegades play on Saturday. The Guardians and Roughnecks play on Sunday, as do the Battlehawks and Brahmas and the Sea Dragons and the Defenders. Which one of those is yours? I will be on the final game of week one. So Sea Dragons at Defenders. I'll be out there in D.C. for Sunday night. Um, All of these games in the XFL this season are going to be broadcast on ESPN, ABC, or FX. So they're all nationally televised games. And I know we talked a little bit about kind of the way that the XFL is. If any of you guys remember in 2020, the viewing experience, it started to gain a lot of popularity. Unfortunately, COVID happened. And we know how that affects so many jobs that affected the XFL as well. New ownership now um, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia, his business partner, their co-owners and chair people of the league putting this all together and a, a big part of what they want to do, yes, is betting, but it's also access. And so, like, it is pretty incredible. I'm going to be on the sidelines for these games where if a drive stalls, I can basically go up to the head coach and be like, hey, why did that happen? What's going on here? If a field goal kicker misses a kick or makes a kick, I can talk through what That was- will not make for any awkward exchanges for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm almost positive though, you will have no awkward exchanges. Oh, gosh, it's yes. going yeah. to be unique. And even at halftime, there's different things that they want us to that's incorporate. That's the worst kicks I've ever seen ever. Can you tell what me did why? You do? You, that thing was, nine, so that when, thing was 19 feet left. That's Can you when you got to have some tax and you follow up <laughs> with, when you make one, I'll be here too. Okay, I'm not just here for the bad stuff. I'm here for you, buddy. But yes. it'll, be, it'll be really interesting if a really dynamic play happens, if a trick play happens. We can just go get that immediate reaction, whereas a lot of times when you see a halftime interview and a question that would have made a ton of sense earlier in the game doesn't make sense anymore, but it felt important, but it's not important Mm -hmm. right now in the immediacy of the game. So kind of cool for certain things like that. Halftimes, we're going to be in the locker rooms. All these players um, and coaches are going to have microphones around them, mic'd up the entire time from an officiating standpoint. This is something that I think is going to be really cool and beneficial because in the NFL, how often are we questioning a call and this was terrible and this was so stupid. You're going to hear them talk through everything in real time. And there's also a command center that the XFL and and Fox's Dean Blandino is going to be kind of the head of officiating Mm -hmm. for all of this, making official calls on things that even non-reviewable plays, if it's egregious to our eyes on the screen, he can overturn that as it happens. So some things that will be pretty interesting and unique, I think. And you said that there is also a a real desire for them to try and work with the NFL in Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form as to trying to develop maybe some players who slipped through the cracks when it came to the, you know, basically the draft process. We know, we say, look, it's a very, very highly, you know, it's a very, very 
highly skilled thing to be a player evaluator as it is anyway, but still guys fall through the cracks. We just had a guy that was the last round, last pick of the entire draft, nearly win rookie of the year. So, mm-hmm. um, so you you said that they are going to try to like develop some of these guys to actually make it to the league. Yeah, that is very much so a desire to have the developmental league. And a lot of that thought process comes from a guy like the rock who his mm-hmm. dream was to play in the NFL. And he was always told by various people that, Hey, if you just had, a little bit more work in this area if you had a little but you can only get that work if you're on the field playing and there wasn't really that opportunity beyond college for him in football and so um that's kind of what they want this to do is they want it to be a feeder league in a lot of ways we saw some xfl guys have success in the nfl like we saw pj walker and taylor heineke starting games in the nfl that were xfl players and that's what they want every other professional league has it baseball you've got double a triple a ball you've got the g league in the nba you've got um the ahl in the american hockey league as a feeder to the NHL, you just don't have that in football aside from college. And unless you want to go to the CFL in Canada yeah. or something like that. So that's what their goal is. We'll see, um, you know, if it is able to last because obviously the XFL in previous iterations has not, but some of the names are going to be cool in this. The head coach of the, the San Antonio Brahma's, is Heinz Ward, the head coach here in Las Vegas for um, the Vipers, Rod Woodson, 17 NFL, 17-year NFL career, 11 Pro Bowls, Super Bowl wins. Like, these these things are going to hopefully draw eyeballs. The, the Battle Hawks, who are the favorites here at 4-1, to um, are coached by former NFL tight end Anthony Becht, and his quarterback's going to be A.J. McCarron, former Alabama quarterback and kind of journeyman in the NFL, having one more stab at mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? And in talking to a lot of these coaches leading up to the season kicking off this week, they feel like they have a lot of talent that has, as you termed it, you know, gone through the cracks mm-hmm. a little bit. And how is this guy not on an NFL roster? Let's get him seen. Let's give him that opportunity. So um, they're I'm torn because I hate the Kraken so much, but the <laughs> Sea Dragon sounds cool. really awesome. Yeah, it sounds great. Like well, that, I kind of like that name a lot. The Renegades, I could do without. Brahmas, I know it's a bull, so we're good there. Vipers, you know, Vegas Vipers, they've got a nice little ring to it. Uh, DC Defenders, I'm out on that one. Houston <laughs> Roughnecks, that one's fine. Orlando Guardians, no no good there. So there's uh, like I think you know four four to five good names of teams there. So I got to pick an allegiance, obviously based off nothing more. DC than just keeps on going for yeah, you yeah, know yeah, just America. Um, yeah, just don't can't 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 do with that. I and mean, I'm not going to play for the home team here. I'm not going to be like you know Homer Vegas Vipers. I have no allegiance to them, so I might just be a Seattle Sea Dragon. Yeah. As we go into the season here, they are plus four fifty. By the way, they are the second shot to win it all. The Renegades five to one, five and a half on the Brahmas, six on the Vipers, six and a half on the Defenders, and then seven and a half each on the Roughnecks and the Guardians. I like the pick there with the Sea Dragons because they are in the North Division, and Jim Hazlitt is the only coach in that division that's, like, actually a coach, former NFL Mm -hmm. Coach of the Year. A lot of these other guys are former players given their first stab at a head coaching role. So I'd say advantage there. Offensive coordinator, June Jones. Another name that people would be familiar with for the Sea Dragons, Ben DiNucci. Uh, yeah, Danucci going to be the quarterback for, for Seattle. Josh Gordon's going to be playing with them, too. A couple notable names that are going to be popping up that people would be familiar with. Josh Gordon, uh, Martavis Bryant coming back, trying to get back in the good graces. Mm-hmm. Derek King, former Miami quarterback. So there are some names and yeah. faces I think that people are going to be familiar with for sure. The Nooch is the quarterback of the Sea Dragons? Danucci. All right, well. Yes. Uh, and then and then I can also, like, just scream at the TV whenever he says, no. Like every time he makes like a good one, yeah. All right, there it is. <laughs> but like Wade, Phil- Wade Phillips, coach of the Roughnecks down there, back coasting, uh, back. Uh, excuse me, coaching in Houston. 
I'm trying to think of oh Bob Stoops is the coach of the Renegades so obviously great experience there longtime Oklahoma coach he was the coach of the Renegades in the 2020 iteration as well so he's coming back to the league for those of you who are watching for the first time some built-in fan bases already are going to be St. Louis who is your favorite they are a city that is starved for football they miss having the Rams they miss having a team so they actually do get really like strong fan contingent, at least they did in 2020. So that's the expectation again. They did this like fan fest thing leading up to the season and it was packed. Whereas Vegas, for example, and I mean, nothing against my hometown, love it so much. They're going to be playing at Cashman Field. I'm not necessarily sure they're going to be getting a lot of people and bodies out there, especially with how much other sports get attention in the city right now. I'm not, I'm very curious to see what the appetite for it is going to be here. Steph claiming the Battle Hawks over here. Okay. Steph's claiming DC, the Battle Hawks over DC, here. I know you don't like the defenders, but yeah. DC, another really good home field advantage. So we think, uh, you might remember in 2020 seeing the, like the beer snake thing that went viral there went all the way up to the rafters so um i think it's going to be a fun thing there are some new rules to be aware of as well um you have the ability to go for a one two or three point play after a touchdown so um you know a nine point difference is no longer a two score game in the xfl yeah. um you have a double forward pass so two forward passes are legal behind the line of scrimmage Kickoffs and kick returns are going to look a little bit different. Um, there's an onside kick alternative in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter only, but that you can do a fourth and 15 to convert and maintain possession. Um, three timeouts per half. That's pretty standard. Head coach is also allowed one challenge of absolutely anything. So we talk about things that, hey, that's not reviewable. You have one challenge. Do with it what you will. You can use it on anything. So that's something that the NFL actually is very curious to see how it goes in the XFL mm. to see if that's something that they might want to incorporate in the future. Yeah, it's um, XFL is going to be pretty different, obviously. And we have numbers now up for all of these games that we're going to see uh, over the week in the week one schedule. Vipers at Renegades. And these are all pretty similar numbers. Renegades are a three and a half point favorite. Totals 36 and a half. That's generally what the total is for each and every single one of these games. Uh, Guardians, Roughnecks, Roughnecks are a three and a half point favorite. Total 35 and a half. Um, the Battle Hawks, two and a half point favorites on the road. Wow, road favorite, huh? Uh, total of 36 and a half. The Brahmas, that's what they are, right? And then the uh, the Sea Dragons, one and a half point favorites on the road against the Defenders, a total of 35 and a half. The low totals, I think, are obviously the things that stick out, especially in a league that wants offense and whose rules are geared toward having offense. So I, I always think in these things, right, and I, I sharp betters will echo these sort of things because you have rules and whatnot, you get an idea of maybe what these games are going to be like. The longer play clocks do kind of help. We're a little bit more toward the unders just because if you're a team that wants to elongate those possessions and you can run that down to run almost 35 seconds off of the clock. But the totals do seem like if you're betting this, if I'm betting this, I'm betting totals. I'm not betting sides because I don't really have an idea of what these teams are going to be like. The totals seem pretty low. I'll just say that. So it'll be interested to see how they get played from a pace and scoring standpoint. Uh, with that, if you like that clip, by the way, VEASAN YouTube channel is awesome. We've got a lot of clips up there, VEASAN.com as well. And we have a lot of stuff to offer for you as we head into the weekend. I'll be back for live that Saturday tomorrow, so I'll see you then. And until then, VEASAN.com. We'll see you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires.
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.